0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to Punch It! This is episode 52, and my name is Charlene Schmidt, and with me as always is...
1: Tristan Riddell.
0: Tristan! It is good to be back behind the mic once again with you. Did not have to take a week off, even though we had our holiday splendor. For the U.S., we have Thanksgiving uh, last week, and that is usually a time filled with family stuff and way too much food. And then there's the whole shopping thing that kicks off, and that's actually kept me a little busy personally because of my business. I've processed a lot of orders lately, so I've been very busy uh, selling rather than shopping. How was your holiday?
1: Well, I'm always excited to hear that, about how you are selling more than you're, more than you're buying. and
0: uh, <laughs> By far and away right now, yeah. <laughs> so
1: everyone needs to go and get their holiday specials at your website.
0: Yes, they do, because I got Trek-themed soaps, and in fact, I need to make some more Captain Picard bars because I ran out on Black Friday. So thank you all for your support. I've also got Troy. I've got Wesley. And I've got more on the way that I hopefully will have out very soon. It's just trying to process the orders and make more new stuff. Uh, A little bit of a balancing act. So I'm working on it. (laughs) Just check in on my website, see what I've got going. And if something entices you, please, please, please support my small biz. Enough shameless self-promotion. I want to talk a little personally, though. Shifting gears a little bit. We're going to talk about something a little... What might be a little heavy, we're going to discuss how Star Trek writes and uh, portrays things under the umbrella of trauma. Things like mental health, traumatic experiences, and whatnot. Of course, this is influenced by Star Trek Discovery and what happened in the last episode before the break, but there's a lot of other examples that we can refer to through all of the series, and we're going to go through them. And aside from Discovery, what spawned this, though is a little bit of something that i've been going through myself now longtime listeners know that you and i have both dealt with anxiety and depression we've talked about it we have no problem talking about it and guess what i'm going to talk about it again (laughs) i'm going to go on for not hopefully a long time but here we go so you know this and this is actually the first time that i'm talking about this publicly i've been undergoing well actually i underwent a kind of a newer treatment for depression that's not a pill, it's not a medication. It's something called Transmagnetic Stimulation, otherwise known as TMS. And yes, every time I hear TMS, I think PMS, (laughs) but they are not related. (laughs) Uh, And what it is, it's this weird kind of thing where you sit in a chair, this device goes against your head and sends magnetic pulses to your brain. Now this is not the same as electroconvulsive therapy or whatever it's called. A lot of people think that is the shock treatment. This is not quite that. But this has been a treatment that's been out there for about 20 or so years and has a fairly decent success rate. And so what you do is you sit in that chair. It sends the pulses to your brain and does something to your frontal cortex to help you achieve a little bit of remission, if not complete remission, from depression. Also, anxiety, uh, for me personally, the two are tied together. So if I'm alleviated from depression, I'm alleviated from anxiety as well. And the goal is, is if you're on a couple of medications for this treatment to get off completely, or if you're on several to decrease your amount. So I did this for six weeks. I went in five days a week, sat in a chair for 30 minutes. And so now it's been about two weeks since I've been done with this. And I gotta tell you that withdrawing from medication is a biatch. (laughs) <laughs> it was not fun at all and that was actually a big reason as to why I had to take that bye week a couple of weeks ago because I couldn't handle life. <laughs> I really just kind of needed a break. So once that was done though and I got over things like the brain zaps where it feels like little shocks are going through my head from the withdrawal and now that I'm back on the ground I can say with some confidence that it is working. And I'm officially off of medication. And if you have been on medication for a long time for anxiety, depression, what have you, and you're looking for an alternative treatment, I highly recommend looking into it. See if there's a place in your area that deals with this. There's usually some sort of treatment center out there. Your insurance may cover it entirely. It might cover a portion of it. Depends on what you have, of course. But overall, the success rate is fairly high and it may work for you. Now, there's always a chance that it might not. But if you were in a position like I've been, where I've been on medication since I was 19, and I'm 36 now, that's a long time. Side effects are always an issue. It, you know, I've always been able to function on medication, but you know, there's always just a little bit of drawback. This does not have side effects aside from when you're on medication withdrawal. So <laughs> give it a try, look into it. It's something that I did not take seriously until very recently, and I'm really glad that I did. <sighs> Okay, I'm glad I got all that out. I spoke, I think, for five full minutes. Tristan, please say something. (laughs) Well,
1: to, uh, you know, like obviously, I've I've been very invested in this journey that you chose to uh, keep me informed on. And and I I greatly appreciate that. And I I think our listeners do as well, because the thing about depression and anxiety and trauma and, and mental illness and everything like that is that we need to not be scared. talk about it we need to yes we need to be open to discuss it and because the more that we discuss it the more openly we talk about it in public spaces the less stigma that there's going to be and with less stigma means more people getting the help that they need and uh, like you said you know like on our old show to the journey which was all about star trek voyager we talked about this a lot and i think those episodes where we talked about mental illness trauma and, and depression and anxiety and everything like that we got our most, uh, some of our most listens, and we got uh, some of our most emails and replies and everything like that. Oh, so people yeah. were sharing the episode, saying, "Hey, listen to this. Check this out. See if you can uh, relate to this." And a lot of people sending us emails saying, "Thank you so much. I've gone through this. I've gone through that. It's so nice to hear people talk about it, but of course, with a positive tone. Because when we talk about it, we take it very seriously. Of course, we don't. Oh yeah. We're not. We're not cracking jokes. You know. We're like. We're. We're not. We don't think it's a comedy hour, but at the same time, we look at it knowing that there's light at the end of the tunnel, and that there it does get better, and you can get help. You do have loved ones out there. You know, there's always room on the other side to to improve and to to change. And and if you can improve and change, you can at least manage. And there there are things like that out there. And, yeah, uh,
0: that's the t- that's the trick too. Is managing. It's not always yeah. going to be one hundred percent perfect, and there's no ideal time to start. You just have to do it yeah and there's a lot of people out there who are dealing with this topic so it's incredibly important and one other side note we have a trek family out there if you if things suck with your own family or things in your life are not so great you've got a supportive trek family that is looking out for you remember that
1: and that's the beautiful thing about a trek family and like you know like i i've told the story many times i came online to to find a trek family and that trek family has supported me through thick and thin i've been pissed at them they've been pissed at me i've been happy with them <laughs> they've been happy with me it goes up and down just like a real family exactly and it's yes. beautiful and there's tons of people online who are who are going through something Uh, whether it's severe or minor but there's always support and if you can find that online you can find it in real life and if you can't find it in real life you can find it online it's just there's so many avenues for support and the beauty of what you are you have been going through is that when you started talking about the procedure I have never heard of it and I try to keep up to date when I can but if I've never heard of it and you you know You know, you found out about it through this. I mean, sure, there's tons and tons of people who haven't found out about it. And when you described it to me, this is going to sound ridiculous, and I'm not trying to make light of it. But when you described it to me, I was like, holy crap, that's just like it's Star Trek.
0: (laughs) You know, it's kind of a strange little contraption. I mean, you're in this chair that reminds me a little bit of a dentist chair, honestly. And that's not a terribly bad thing because there's no drills. So don't freak out because I hate the dentist, too. But it's, yeah, it's like this device that goes on your head and on the side of your head on the left side. And then it just, it sends this thing and it makes sort of like a little uh, woodpecker-like sound as it gives you the pulses. And then you're just sitting there watching Netflix. Honestly, that's what I did. I started watching Lost. That's what I did. (laughs) For half an hour every day for six weeks.
1: There's an episode. uh, There's this Voyager episode called Repentance. Mm-hmm. And what happened in this episode was there was a, a a ship full of prisoners on their way to the death penalty. And uh, like Voyager was was battling with that. And then like one humodoy in particular got sent to the medical band. I can't remember why. And uh, the doc just like found something in his brain, just like something that was misfiring or something that was a, like something that was a, analogous to the uh, pineal gland. And just without thinking, you know, doctor just boop used his magic wand and fixed it and then all of a sudden this person who was a sociopath got these rush of emotions now what i'm saying i am not saying i'm not trying to connect people who are sociopaths with people who have mental illness or you know like people who don't have emotions with people who have depression obviously i'm not making that kind of connection but what i'm saying is is that what you're going through is the wave of the future what you're going through is you know removing yourself from medication and trying to move away from big pharma and doing a procedure that is long lasting non invasive
0: right i'm not cut open or anything yeah, like it, that and
1: if that isn't if that isn't star trek if that isn't crusher and the dock and bashir and and bones yeah, you know it's using true. technology and equipment to enhance and better our lives not only physically but mentally i i mean like we're we're stepping into that age and And since, you know, this is a writing podcast, this is Punch It Writing and Star Trek, I mean, we want to go over some of these characteristics. We want to go over how some of these characters are written, whether it's depression, anxiety, trauma, whatever, or, you know, assault, or repercussions of that, or anything like that. Right.
0: How was it written? Was it portrayed well?
1: Accurately, inaccurately. Was it rushed? Was it not?
0: Yeah. And we have several examples to go through. So why don't we delve into that now? I want to start with the cage the original tos pilot the very beginning i want to bring this up because there's one scene in particular that's always resonated with me from that episode and that's where the doc is talking to captain pike and saying hey look You look tired. And then Pike just cuts him right off and he says, yeah, you bet I'm tired. And he goes into that speech of I'm I'm really tired of choosing who lives and who dies. And it really brings out the weight of the captaincy. You are responsible for all the lives of your crew. It is a very weighty job. It's not something that he takes lightly whatsoever. And it's kind of torn him down a little bit mentally. It's worn him down. How relatable is that? I mean, maybe we're not captaining starships, but I think all of us in our jobs, our careers, at some point feel just really tired or broken down or just, Mm -hmm. you know, just you feel the weight of what you're doing if you have a lot of responsibility. And that too is mental health. It's not trauma, but we have to find ways to keep ourselves going when stuff gets tough like that.
1: And I think we even got a little touch of this in Star Trek Beyond at the beginning where
0: yeah yes
1: where kirk is kind of going he realizes that he's going through the motions and he's like space seems endless and the days are blowing together
0: episodic
1: yeah it's episodic you don't have a sunrise you're wearing the same outfit every day and so is everybody (laughs) else and so it's i think they definitely could have explored it more but that doesn't really make for a big blockbuster movie um
0: (laughs) no but it was cool that we had that nice montage
1: Yes, I, I liked it too because it's something that we don't normally explore with the captaincy. Janeway was a was a big uh, example of exploring mental illness in the captaincy, but it wasn't necessarily be like it wasn't from the everyday mundane of being a captain
0: right it, it,
1: And so that's why I liked it with In Star Trek beyond but also going back to the cage, uh, one thing that I really enjoyed, is, uh, or let me, let me rephrase that. Uh, one thing that I found interesting was that the same thing that happened with Star Trek in the cage is what happened with Firefly, ah. the show Firefly. Because in the uh, Pike in the cage, you know, like NBC and the execs were just like, Roddenberry, what are you doing? This guy is morose. He's, he's sad. <laughs> you know, he's not like a rough he's and tumble. He's a downer. He's a downer. What's going on? And then they're like, fine, fine, screw it. We'll reshoot it. And we'll get Captain Kirk, who's just like, hey, everybody, let's have a good time. you know. And
0: Yeah, I'm ready for a fist fight. Yeah.
1: And that's what happened with Firefly, except they didn't recast Nathan Fillion. They just changed his character. Because if you see the original, like if you go to the Blu-ray, the DVD, and you look at the original deleted scenes, it's very much the
0: war is hell.
1: What are we doing here? I can't go on. But then when you actually watch the pilot, it's just, he's cracking jokes. He's, you know, he's cracking wise. And he's very much he goes from from pike to kirk really quickly with just changing a few lines here and there.
0: Oh, how interesting. I think the reality is the more morose tone and yes, it is hell and it is monotonous. I mean, we like to think of space exploration as, "Ooh, how exciting and all that," but mm-hmm. if you're out there for 500 some days or longer, uh yeah, the routine really might wear on you, especially if you don't get much shore leave. And then meanwhile, though for entertainment purposes, then you've got the upbeat Captain Kirk ready for action. Because it's funner to watch.
1: And I think with TNG, like since TNG introduced the luxury liner Mm -hmm. Enterprise, I think that's probably why we didn't tackle these concepts as much in The Next Generation because the Enterprise-D was very much a sense of we perfected space travel. We bring our families. We bring the holodeck. We bring the arboretum. We, you know, like we have anything that you could possibly eat and drink and you have off-duty time, you have off-duty outfits. And so it was very much like normal life, just moving through space. But when you look right. at, at void, and you get some of that in Deep Space Nine too, obviously, because it's on a station, that's the home. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, but when yeah, you look yeah. at TOS and Voyager and Enterprise, it's very much, we're cramped together. It's a submarine. It's a military vessel. War is hell.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of TNG, I... Didn't come up with too many times where they actually addressed mental health and and trauma. The one big one, of course, is Picard. After he's assimilated in Family, where he breaks down. And we had never seen Picard even come close to this. And it really, I think for us as an audience, humanizes him. He is fallible. He did go through trauma. He is traumatized. He has to process that. So to see that, that it makes it one of my very favorite episodes, to be honest, for that reason. The fact that they did address it, because they could have not with episodic TV. You know, next week, he could have been fine, but I'm glad they didn't go there because that's not realistic.
1: It's a beautiful episode. It's a beautiful trilogy, three-part uh, journey for Picard with Best of Both Worlds, part one and two, and then family. and And like you said, I mean, like he was he was close to perfect this character never did anything wrong or made the mm-hmm. wrong choice and a lot of people complained about that with tng where there everybody was perfect it was the everybody was the paragon of virtue and right. i think if you can't make people make bad decisions like if you have these because it's the flagship of the federation in the 24th century so we're looking and that's the bridge crew so it's the best of the best of the best of the best which we have mentioned several times But if you can't make them screw up royally, even though they have, and I think it's an oversimplification, you can have them, you can have horrible events happen to them and then see how they deal with that event, events that are outside of their control. Because that's the thing. Mental illness can pop up or trauma can pop up and it's not because of something you did. It's not because of of uh, you made a poor decision or you lost all your money or your or your wife divorced you which which all of that can cause trauma and and mental illness but sometimes it just that happens costs. sometimes things pop out of nowhere sometimes they develop slowly sometimes they happen in a bang and it's just great that Star Trek was able to show us slow burns as well as pop you know events
0: Yeah. Oh, thank you so much for saying that because it is so true. Mental illness, uh, dealing with depression or trauma or whatnot, that is not a failing. It is not your fault. It is something that just, it it, it does happen. A lot of it can be genetics that has environmental triggers. It's a mix. It varies from person to person. Sometimes it's just circumstances. And then Mm -hmm. once they're done and processed, they go away. But yeah, for even the most the closest to perfection that humanity has to offer on the enterprise D things did still happen because that's life. Life is imperfect and messy, no matter how perfect you are, (laughs) you know? And I think Roddenberry, Gene Roddenberry, I think really wanted to get away from that as much as he could, but you know what? It's hard to create good dramatic storytelling without some sort of problem or situation. And so you know when we got certain things and i'm thinking specifically about like when troy the many times that troy <laughs> was assaulted and abused and whatnot on, on tng i'm thinking um guys you're not very good at this <laughs> because i don't think they thought it through very well uh i didn't think they addressed repercussions very well and i mean marina Sirtis's portrayal fine she mm-hmm. did the best with what she was given. I think, honestly, in this respect, with this specific thing that they did a couple of times to her, unfortunately, that's another issue. Why do this so many times? But I don't know. They just, they didn't go deep enough. They didn't go about it the, quite the right way. And I can't even fully blame it on episodic storytelling or 80s storytelling or anything. It's just, they touched on the action without the rest of it. It's like the iceberg. You, you get the tip of it. And then there's all this other stuff down there you could have gone to, but you didn't. And it's really flat and it looks awful.
1: Yeah, this is one of those times where Star Trek didn't really handle it too well. I mean, like, you know, like Picard and family, fantastic. Troy, all the other times, not so great. And And
0: specifically in Nemesis, that was just awful.
1: Oh, that was just, that was pointless. That was utterly pointless and unneeded and forced upon the audience and forced upon the character. Mm -hmm. And it, it didn't even add anything to the drama, but that's neither here nor there. So one thing that I, I i've noticed that like in the episode eye of the beholder which is in tng Deanna is investigating something uh with uh, daniel kwan like he's a specialist who committed suicide i believe i think that's the character mm. and uh she was asking a friend of his you know was he prone to depression or mood swings so diana as a counselor knows that these things exist they clearly still do exist in the 24th century, and some of you might be like, "Oh man, really? Like there's, like there's no <laughs> cure, there's no nothing." But that's that doesn't. That's not what that means. As we were talking about before with depression and mood swings, it can happen out of nowhere. It's not your fault. It can happen because of circumstance. It can happen because of genetics. It's still gonna happen. The tw- in the 21st century, what they're saying is is that yeah, they. It's not like they're gonna perfect it from birth so that you're always happy or you're never sad what it means is is that they recognize it's there they openly talk about it and if you are prone to depression or mood swings you can get help and you should get help and that's the beauty of the good times that this is uh, let me rephrase this is the beauty of well-written
0: um (laughs) there we go
1: you know mental illness and trauma and everything like that in star trek is that you see them actively trying to get help or people People are trying to convince them to get help or they are looking for help.
0: Right, because the awareness is out there, you spot somebody who does need help and you reach out so that they reach out.
1: One of my favorite, my absolute favorite portrayals of this, so much so that I wrote my own story around it, was O'Brien in Hard Time when he spent 20 years. It was a jail cell of his mind. Like in his mind, he, he gained 20 years of imprisonment memories even though it's only been like 20 minutes in in real life but it was still real to him and so going through this this was a traumatic event not only going through that but also yeah. coming out of it on the other side and that's yes. something that's not touched upon a lot in fiction is that oh yeah once you go through the event and even after you get help or you're out of it and you're in a good situation there is still lasting effects even after you try drugs or talking or what breathing, whatever you do.
0: Whatever you have to do, yeah.
1: It can haunt you for a very long time. Now, granted, this was one episode.
0: (laughs) Right? It's 45 minutes, but they still crammed so much good stuff in there. I think this is one of the better episodes where they have portrayed the lasting effect of trauma, what it means, how it affects somebody.
1: Yes, and with this, they even mentioned at the end, like O'Brien was ready to kill himself. He was ready to end it. Now, he had a daughter, He had a wife, he had a good job, he had good friends, but he couldn't take it any longer. It was out of his hands and it was because of the love of a friend and the love of his support system that helped him through it and literally took the phaser away from him. And at the end, Bashir mentions, we'll be able to help this with medication and other avenues. Again, not showing a stigma towards utilizing medication to help with this, which is something that I had a hard time getting through when my anxiety started kicking in.
0: Yeah. You mentioned this on that episode of To The Journey that got so much feedback. And I think a lot of people are resistant to taking medication because there are side effects. There is a stigma. And it's just hard to admit, hey, I I need some help. But I always liken it to like if you had high high blood pressure and you Mm -hmm. have to go on medication for that, wouldn't you just take it? You'd be a lot more prone to just saying, yeah, I'm going to go to the pharmacy today, get that filled and start taking it so I feel better and my blood works better. But for whatever reason, with mental disorders, we have this taboo. So don't feel bad about being on medication. I I can say after many years of being on medication, it can help. It does help. And if you need it, take it.
1: Now, one, one show that we've, of course, talked a lot about in the past and has a lot of examples of everything that we've been discussing is voyager
0: of course now we have two distinct examples of depression being portrayed by two different people on this show which i find interesting
1: and i think you could argue even more because what you're referencing if i may put words in your mouth is (laughs) belana torres and janeway
0: you would be correct
1: but if you look at it we've seen a lot of people go through a lot of things we've seen neelix go through his own crisis after he was brought back from the dead right we saw the doctor go through his own crisis after he had to quote-unquote sacrifice one crewman to save another and
0: yeah that's a good one
1: you also had seven who had an identity crisis and didn't know where she belonged or where she needed to go or if she was of any value or if she could have any any humanity left in her and so i feel like the voyager crew just is the most human and relatable on top of that
0: i would say that they went there a lot more with the voyager crew and specifically with the big examples of janeway and torres they're dealing a little bit with the loss of being away from home you know Hmm. janeway has carried so much guilt on her shoulders all this time and she's kept herself so busy just trying her darndest to get this crew back that when they were in that void in the episode night It finally hits her when she has too much time to think and it cripples her. It took her five years to get there. I mean, that's pretty strong because I think that would break anybody down. And I love the fact that they did finally address that. And of course, yes, 45 minutes and eventually next week she's fine. I I thought "Mm, they could have done a little better with that. But they did try to at least to portray that this was kind of a slow progression of sinking in Mm because she'd been in her quarters for, what, a couple of months so this was an instant. It, it did gradually happen, as it does. So they did get that part of it right. But I, I do feel like coming out of it, there should have been a little more. But then we get Bolana's story, where with the loss of the Maquis, knowing that a lot of her friends are dead and dealing with that, she's dealing with it in a more extreme way, as Klingons do. They're extreme creatures. Mm-hmm. But you have Chakotay there, who's there to kind of save her from herself. At this point, when she can no longer help herself, he is there. He's there. Okay, I am your friend. Let me take over for just a second, and let's get you back on track. Mm -hmm. And and thankfully, it works. (laughs) And it's not all resolved in one hour in this instance. There's a couple of episodes where we kind of see her acting a little strange. She's not herself. And then we see her doing uh, risky things in the holodeck and what have you. I felt like that was a much better portrayal, even though they did do a decent job with Janeway. What do you think?
1: Well, with Janeway, I like that you pointed out that it wasn't a story of something beginning in in one episode and ending in one episode. We did see the end of it. We saw the the summation, but it did reference that had been going on for a long time. Mm -hmm. So we didn't see it on screen, but at least they recognized that this isn't something that just boom and then disappears. So...
0: Right, I mean, usually in episodic TV, the person falls right in and then has to fall right back out as soon as it happened because they've got to wrap it up.
1: Exactly, exactly. And so I think where it does fail in that area, it also succeeds just because the bar is a little low and <laughs> in episodic television, <laughs> they
0: got it about half right. That's how yeah. I feel about it.
1: And with Bellana, I I do love this portrayal just because you know, obviously, I'm a, I'm a big Bellana fan, and so That's your it's girl. it's hard for her to do wrong. Uh, but I did, a lot of people had some issue with how Chakotay handled it. Some people say like, you can't be forceful, you can't push, because he pushed literally and figuratively with B'Elanna to get help and to confront her fears and a lot of people didn't like that. I think Mm, sometimes that that is necessary because I've seen it, I've lived through it. I've had a person push me into confronting what I didn't want to confront and so it, can be necessary now is it advisable all the time of course not you need to know no. the individual
0: <laughs> yeah exactly it varies by the person in the situation but i would say this was any further and balana probably would have either hurt or killed herself Chicote recognized that and mm-hmm. being the good friend that he is saw that and knew that he did have to step in
1: you know someone who we forgot to mention and, oh. you know, and, and folks, uh, please, we're there, I'm sure that there's plenty of things that we're going to miss, plenty of things. This is not a comprehensive list. This is just some of our favorite stories or things that are popping up in our brains. But if we've missed anybody, please go to thenerdparty.com slash contact. Select Punch It from the drop-down menu. Send us some of your favorite stories that deal with things like this and storylines like this and characterization like this. Let us know. You can find us on Facebook as well at facebook.com slash thenerdparty. On Twitter at joinnerdparty as well as Instagram. You can find me personally on Twitter at theinsanerobin.
0: And you can find me at Profanity. And if uh, you're comfortable sharing with the Trek community the episodes you find relatable, uh, that would be fantastic. That would be... I think, I don't know, a little cathartic, maybe. (laughs) And also, if you want more information on TMS treatment, you're more than welcome to ask questions. I'd be happy to help as much as I can.
1: And also, like, if you want to say something that's relatable or tell your story, you can also keep it anonymous. Just let us know in the email. Sure. And we'll talk about it or not talk about it, depending on what you dictate to us. Absolutely. And we'll also put some of those links to the procedure that Char has been talking about in the show notes. And you can find all that by going to thenerdparty.com slash punch it. Now, Char, the story, the character that I'm I'm talking about that we missed was Nog in Deep Space Nine.
0: Oh, right. Yes, I, I would definitely say Nog went through some trauma of losing his leg. And he's been in a war situation on top of it. So a little PTSD, yes. And he had
1: escapism, you know, like he he went into the hollow suite and he wouldn't come out and he had pain of the limb, but it was in his head, but then so is everything, you know.
0: (laughs) Right. On top of just, yeah, kind of dealing with the rigors of, of wartime. I mean, if you think about how incredibly intense that has to be, I have never been to war. I cannot say from personal experience what that is like, but I can only imagine Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know you know you hear stories people coming back they fall into severe addiction maybe they become alcoholics they become gambling addicts for nog it was the hollow suite
1: that was his addiction yeah
0: you are looking for an escape you want to get out of your head for a little while you want to stop thinking about all these horrible things that have been consuming you for months maybe years on end it makes sense
1: yeah it was and uh, this was one of those one and done type scenarios but For the medium, for episodic television, I thought it was well-adjusted. I thought it was well-maintained and a good story. And from a character that we don't normally focus too serious of stories on.
0: Right. Usually the Ferengi get the ha-ha shtick comedy-like episodes. Mm -hmm. They may or may not be funny. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, actually, you know what? That is my favorite Nog episode just because it really, I don't know, Nog is one of those surprise characters who gets to be a much more fully formed side character than you would ever think he would be. But this gives him just that much more. It makes him so much more real to me for some reason. And then I I love Nog.
1: When Nog is first introduced, you're just kind of like, ugh, okay, whatever. This is an annoying, you know, one note character, but like so many characters and so many things in Deep Space Nine, it gets fleshed out more than you could ever Possibly imagine
0: exactly. He becomes so much more than that teenage boy who wants to cause trouble with Jake. <laughs> <laughs>
1: now we need to start wrapping up, but we still have Enterprise to talk about.
0: We do have Enterprise, but we also have Discovery. So honestly, I I, I didn't find a whole lot with Enterprise for whatever reason. They just didn't kind of delve into this a whole lot. We have paul's drug addiction, which they sort of it's sort of not really under this umbrella. It's an addiction, not so much a trauma because trauma did not lead to the addiction Mm -hmm. and then you had an example with trip dealing with the loss
1: yes there was a there was an episode where a deck exploded and one of his engineering crew died and he was exhausted he was anxious he was dealing with a lot of issues because of what was going on with the zindi war and he started hallucinating he started seeing this crewman kind of walk through the halls and so It's one of those situations where you're just like, is this really just from exhaustion or is this hallucination brought on by guilt or depression? You know, we're not quite sure because I don't think they really explored it from that angle. But I feel like people who have been through this or have actually gone through something like this might relate to it on a more visceral level than, than you and I.
0: Yeah, that's uh, something that I wanted to say about that is I do think it is a realistic portrayal where I think if you are going through something as monumental as the Zindi disaster, you know, attacking Earth, imagine how many other people were not sleeping at night because of some sort of loss or they're trying to rebuild and it's just exhausting and every waking thought is centered around dealing with the issues that are centering around this incident. I'm sure people who experienced 9-11 firsthand felt that way, maybe still do, and we have traumatic incidents happening all the time, whether it's a mass shooting or some sort of natural disaster. Yeah, I, I can imagine it would be exhausting to the point of where you're hallucinating. If you're sleep-deprived enough, you will hallucinate, yeah. so that's good. Now, before we get into discovery, trigger warning, I don't think that we, are going, we have delved yet as deep as we're going to with addressing things like sexual abuse and trauma, as we are going to right now with Discovery, if this is going to affect you in a negative way, please skip this part. So we do have to wrap this up. So I want to say I really wish Discovery would have given a trigger warning to this episode because I know that a lot of people were really profoundly affected by it and not necessarily in a positive light. However, I do want to say the conversation that Ash and Burnham have... When she kind of says, hey, what was up with this? Who is she to you? Referring to Laurel, who was his Mm -hmm. assaulter. I thought that was beautifully done, beautifully written, beautifully acted. And Burnham was the type of person, like she did everything right. She said the right things and she did the right things so as not to make the situation worse. Would you agree with that?
1: Uh, Yes, I thought it was uh, what Burnham did was magnificent for TV. It was something that you don't normally see because in that moment, the one thing that I really appreciated was something that they didn't do and would have been so easy to do was have quote unquote healing sex between Uh the two of them.
0: I was so worried about that. And I'm so grateful that that did not happen because we even see that Burnham stayed with him through the night, but not in a sexual way. She was there sleeping.
1: That, yes, they made a point to show that she took off her jacket and nothing else.
0: Yes. Yeah, that was very well done. The issue that people had was the way that the flashbacks were portrayed, because it's from Laurel's point of view as opposed to him, and I absolutely agree with that now that that's been brought to my attention. It should have been about him.
1: Yeah, there was... Um, it was... It, it's kind of... It's. It's such a horrible area to to talk about because when i first saw it i thought it was well done because i was like oh this is creepy this is grotesque this is horrible especially Mm -hmm. once you know the backstory if you didn't know the backstory i'm sure it would be a little like Okay, are they trying to make this sexual? Are they not? Is this assault? Is this not? But knowing the backstory, it's clear what they're trying to do. But then once I went online and a lot of people were talking about it, I was like, oh, I never thought of it that way. I didn't see it that way. I didn't think of it that way. And so it opened up my eyes to different perspectives, which I think is one benefit of being in the Trek community.
0: Absolutely. I learned so much from that conversation. I saw the flashbacks as a little more violent than anything with sexual overtones, but Same here. people saw it in a very different way. And unfortunately, we could go into a lot more detail about that, but the conversation has kind of happened. So why don't we wrap up the show? And next week, we're going to have a little less of a uh, heavy topic.
1: <laughs> that's right we're, we're not going to be uh, talking about this all the time but we might come back and revisit this because we i'm sure that discovery will continue this storyline and continue the assault storyline and delve deeper into the trauma that happened to this character and you bet that Shar and i are going to be talking about it with you guys and we want to know what he, what you guys think as well but next week even though it's going to be lighter we're going to punch it
0: ready for warp sir let's punch it